I don't think you should think you're too far gone. I don't think that you should hold your past and say that what I was in the past is what I'm always going to be. I also, by the way, don't think we should freeze frame people at their worst moment because mm -hmm. everyone's got a worst moment. Right. Um, because we all have issues like that, either in our own life or in our family's life. Right. But it doesn't take away from the fact that God can still use us. Right. And he can forgive us, redeem us, and uh, he's still chosen us to do a work for him in spite of whatever happened. I'm Bill McMinn, Senior Pastor of Beagleville Bible Church, and this is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's Word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living, and we love to do it. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life, this is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn from Eagleville Bible Church. Steve Sargent from the Hiawatha Church of God in Christ. Did I yes, get that sir. right? Yes, sir. You got it right. You have it down pat, actually. Dude, I've said it a thousand times. That's mm -hmm. why. Because we did so many radio. People, you may not realize this, but when we did Christian Country Morning, Steve was a regular. Yeah. I did more shows with you in that last whatever three years mm. that we were on there than I did with anyone. Wow. We were doing, we were doing shows together all the time. I'm honored. Yeah, and then I—that's why I kept you for the podcast. Thank so you. So I like you to be a regular part of this too. Well, thank you. Right. So keep I'll that have, in mind. I'll have my agent contact your people. Thank you. You people contact my people. Every time I contact you, I gotta go to Mississippi. My cousin died. I gotta go. I'm I'm gonna be in Chicago. I'm gonna be in like every time lately. I'm like, how much traveling can you do? Well, I'm gonna be doing a lot lately. Oh man, you have been doing a lot. I'm sorry yeah. about your cousin, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. And Thank you did you. that last week, right? We didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. We were advised not to go. You know what? We could have done the show last week. Yeah, you're but right. But you know what? The Lord's will was do it this week. Yes. So this is how I'm going to accept that. Like we talked last podcast, I'm not trying to control the details, Steve. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I'm just going to accept it as it comes. But one of the things I want to talk about as we get towards Christmas is the genealogy of Christ, and it sounds boring. Boring, boring. You know, who wants to talk about genealogy? We don't think much about that. But listen now, there's some really interesting stuff in that genealogy mm -hmm. because some of the people in the ancestry of Christ are people you wouldn't think would be in the ancestry right. of Jesus Christ. So Salmon, father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. So now you're looking at like a great grandma. It's Rahab. Mm -hmm. For David, who's one of the most famous kings, and certainly the king who is the, how would you say, the uh, precursor, the type of Christ, the the one mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, the Messiah would come in the line of David, David. always David, yes. David, David. Rahab was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. Remember that story? Yes. Go ahead. What was it? Well, <clears throat> Rahab the harlot, uh, right. as she was called. I actually preached this uh, sermon once about her that that was her official title right. rahab the harlot the harlot not like demetrius the silversmith right rahab the harlot what a title to have that you're right that's a great point yeah like I'll, that I'll, was I'm gonna take that, that was her you know like if she would <laughs> if she would have had an office it would have been right. rahab the harlot on the outside of the door like right what an introduction to right. like thanks a lot <laughs> i know it wasn't like a phd you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Could be another other initials associated mm -hmm. with it, but you're right. I mean, she was known as that. She was known as the prostitute. That's right. Right. 
because she gave her body away and sold it to men. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what she did in the city of Jericho. And when Israel came to conquer Jericho and they were hiding, they were spying out. They sent the spies out in the land to spy it out. She hit them. Yes, she did. And saved their lives because yes. she knew they were going down. She knew yes. that God was taking over that country and yes. whatever. And she decided, I'm going to be on God's side instead yeah. of this side. She'd heard of their how God had... Uh, worked with them and caused defeat among their other enemies. Right. So they had a reputation before they ever got there right. that she knew about. She must right. have read it in a magazine, I guess. So let's recognize there is a prostitute by title. That's right. An earned title in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That's right. And what do you take from that? Well, from that, I take that God, number one, loves us all. Number two, he doesn't use our past to dictate our future. Right. He still has a calling and a selection for our lives mm-hmm. if we'll receive him. Right. Regardless of whatever our past is or our present, for I that agree. matter. He still has a plan for us. Now, let's recognize that the Bible didn't glorify that. Right. That the Bible didn't say, keep her there. She became something different. Sure. She became somebody's wife. Mm-hmm. So eventually she's not. She's not Rahab the harlot anymore. She actually becomes Rahab. Actually, she is the mother of Boaz, right? Salmon, Mm -hmm. the father of Boaz, whose mother was Ruth. So, yeah, Salmon, whose mother was Rahab, and then Boaz would be, would it be a grandkid then, right? So, as it it goes down into it. So, well, no, that would be Boaz's mother. Yeah, actually. So Boaz was famous in the Bible. I mean, because Boaz shows up in the with Ruth. That's right. In the story of Ruth, and he's the main figure, the kinsman redeemer. So I think it's so amazing that God is never too late to turn your life around. And no matter what you've done, no matter what your title, you know, so-and-so the drug dealer, so-and-so right. the burglar, so-and-so the adulterer, so-and-so, whatever it was, your reputation was, can be changed. Because the reputation in the New Testament that Rahab has is one of faith. Yes. That's her reputation. Like if you ask, well, what was Rahab known for in the Bible? She was known for her faith Mm -hmm. because she believed in God and she put her faith in God and she acted on that. And in James two 25, in the same way was not even Rahab, the prostitute, which is, there's your title. Um, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction as a body without the spirit is dead. So faith without deeds is dead. And they were using Rahab as an example of faith. And then in Hebrews 11, which is the famous kind of hall of fame of people of faith, Mm -hmm. it says by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies was not killed with those who were disobedient by faith she welcomed these spies and did what she did. So what is she known for in James and Hebrews? Two books, by the way, in the in the New Testament that are right next to each other. What is she known by? She's known for her faith. Yes, she is. Right. Right. Not for her occupation, but for her faith. Right. So she's not just a woman of the street. Mm-hmm. She's a woman of faith. Yes. She was a prostitute. She became a person of faith who believed in God. It changed her life around to the point that she's even in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So I would say it's never too late to, to turn get it your around. life straight. To get your life straight. Right. No, I, I don't think you should think you're too far gone. I don't think that you should hold your past and say that what I was in the past is what I'm always going to be. Mm-hmm. I also, by the way, don't think we should freeze frame people at their worst moment because mm-hmm. everyone's got a worst moment. Right. 
And sometimes we freeze frame people in their worst moment and we never let them out of it. That's right. Something they said, something they did. And I don't think that's fair either. I think that everyone should have a chance to get back on their feet. But when it comes to showing faith, how are we showing faith? Because I think even in COVID, I think this is an opportunity not to shrink back. This is an opportunity to be bold, to serve people, to help people, mm-hmm. and to be that person of faith and just to count on God to help you out. Don't you don't 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 quit serving, don't quit worshiping, don't quit believing. That's right. Don't quit getting out there among mankind. Don't quit. Don't quit. You know, there's people who need help and we need to help them, right? That's right. We still need people to be delivered. We need the gospel to be shown and, and it's probably a perfect time right now with right. so many people going through you know, right. sickness and uh, uncertainty, fear. Right. That's the perfect time for us to show up and show the light of Christ. I think too, even when I was sick, I mean, it was a, you know, you had to count on God and just say, well, God, I got to trust you in this. And yeah. you know, where's my help come from? Right. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where my, that's where my help comes from. It's God. I, I look to him. And so I reminded myself of these verses. Hey, Bill, yeah. <clears throat> your faith has to be there and you trust in God. So if I woke up in the middle of the night and I didn't really know what direction it was going to go or what, because you, you can't know in those initial days what hand you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. And you can feel fine for four days and they get whammed by it. So you don't really know. So you have to just count on God for all those things. And when I would wake up thinking about such things, I would be praying and I would be thankful that it wasn't worse. I would be praying for other people that I knew was sick. I would be counting on God. I mean, what kind of faith do you have? You're not even praying about it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Faith. So our faith, our faith to be tested. And that's when we find out where we are. Right. Not where he is, but right. where we are. Well, how can you have, how can uh, your faith not be tested? I mean, right. and if it wasn't this, it's something else. That's right. And there's always going to be something that challenges our faith and what we really believe in. Like they said about Rahab and why she's so famous is she did something. Mm-hmm. She hid those spies. She did something for God that showed her faith that God was indeed going to give the land of Canaan to the Israelis. Yes. That was going to happen. God promised it to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Through all those descendants, that's that nation that grew in Egypt, God delivered them by Moses. Now they've been wandering for 40 years. Now it's time for them to take the promised land. And she believed that was indeed going to happen. That's right. That God was more powerful than any God that they had in Jericho or whatever they had going on. She believed her faith was clearly in God, and she acted on that faith. If my faith is clearly in God, then how am I acting on that faith? Am I praying? Am I helping? Am I serving? Uh, am I living a, a non-fearful life because no, my faith and trust and my confidence, hundred percent God, I think it's a good challenge for all of us. That's it's right. a challenge for me. It's a challenge for you. It's Absolutely. A challenge it is a everyone, challenge. Right? Yes. A very good challenge for us. I think too, in verse six, look at this now. And Jesse, the father of King David, David was the father of Solomon. Solomon known as the wisest King that mm-hmm. ever lived, right? Whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Mm-hmm. Now what's that about? Like, what's that little reference well, there? Uriah's wife. Well, <clears throat> Uriah kind of, um, well, not so much him, but, uh, David had messed up, right? And with he, with uh, uh, Uriah's wife Bathsheba, right? Right now, and um, I guess if it was in our modern day, we would say he he conspired to have him killed, right? For what he had done, and you know he impregnated her, right? So to cover it up, <clears throat> he had him killed to make it seem like, well, this poor widow here, and I'm just going to go ahead and marry her, right? And that was his baby, and not you know. It was her husband's baby, not him. Right. 
Uriah was such a good man. And I, yeah, I, I think dedicated. it's interesting that they mention Uriah and they throw his name in the genealogy of Christ because he's not in the genealogy of Christ. Right. His wife is. Right. Because his wife is the mother of Solomon. Solomon then becomes the line through which all the other kings come from. It's David, then Solomon. So I look at him, Uriah was such a good man that when David, after David, he goes and sleeps with Uriah's wife. Mm -hmm. She gets pregnant. That's what happens, right? So <clears throat> you go you go through, now Now he's got a mess on his hand, so he calls Uriah back. Hey, give me a report. Hey, why don't you go home, you know, to be with your, your wife. wife? right? And then he finds Uriah has been sleeping out outside of the whatever the palace you know sleeping on the basically the slab the mm -hmm. stone that was there because he said there's no way i'm gonna go home and enjoy time with my wife when my fellow soldiers are on the field yeah. i mean this is a man of yeah, he's courage he's dedicated. tough he's dedicated so what he did was he sent david sent a note to his commander he sent your ride back to the front lines and uh he said put him on put him on the front put him on the front lines back away from everybody him. leave him alone they left that man out there at the city wall. Mm -hmm. And then so David sent a, a message. You know, they, they send David a note of what had been happening in the battle. <clears throat> the note said, you know, so many people were killed. David was, they said, David's going to yipe about why we're so close to the city wall. And you're going to say this, Uriah, your servant, is also dead. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, David was okay with it. David killed that guy. Yes, he did. He, he, he didn't, might not have put a spear through him. He might not have put his hands around his neck. He gave a direct order to have that man killed, that allowed that man to get killed in battle. Mm -hmm. On, purpose. On purpose. On purpose. He slept with the guy's wife. Mm -hmm. He has a guy killed. He takes her now as his own wife, yet Solomon's from her, and this is all in the line of, <laughs> the line of Jesus Christ. That's a mess. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That is an absolute <laughs> mess. And one of the things that I appreciate about God is he works in broken situations. Mm -hmm. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Yet David is known as a man after God's own heart because right. David did, he fouled up. Yeah. And he paid for that because as Nathan the prophet told him, the sword will never depart from your house. And it mm -hmm. never did. He had so much intrigue with his own kids. He had so many problems with his own kids. Why? As consequences, yeah. buddy. You That's know what right. I mean? Well, he shouldn't have done it the first. It's not that God was happy and overlooking. There were still consequences. David had to pay for what he did. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't thrown out. He wasn't ignored. God didn't turn his back on him. And I think that when, and David did repent. I mean, you look, you read sure. Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, I think it's Psalm 32 is the other one where there's that big confession that he has. Yeah, man, he was, he was working. Yeah, he was. With David, and David repented. David's life changed, and so God accepted that. And even when we foul up and, and we do broken things, it's nice to know God still accepts us and right. he still cares about us. And you know, it's good to see these uh, in people's, you know, from the history of the Bible, the genealogy of Christ, and those people that were not so good right. or, or, or their past wasn't impeccable um, because we all have issues like that, either in our own life or in our family's life. Right. But it doesn't take away from the fact that God can still use us. Right. And he can forgive us, redeem us, and uh, he's still chosen us to do a work for him in spite of whatever happened. Right. Don't yeah. think you're damaged goods. That's right. I don't think that we can think that life's over because we've made a mistake. I, there's always the way back. I, to me personally, I'm, I'm going to accept anyone who's repentant. I'm going to accept anyone who's willing to come back, say they're sorry for the things they've done and they can understand it. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not here. My life is too short. 
I got too much going on to be holding things against people for whatever they did. Yeah. When they've come around and tried to make it right. God works in broken, messy situations. Yes, he does. And that might be whoever's listening, that might be their family right now. Mm-hmm. That might be the situation in which they find themselves. Sometimes, you know, our, our, you have kids and your kids do things they shouldn't do. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. that's now tumbled into your life. Yeah. And you got to deal with all that stuff. You know, I went to uh, um, Arby's once, um, and I'm just going to confess, I don't, I don't have anything against Arby's. I just don't prefer it. But during Lent, I like the fish that they have. So we, I had ordered... Uh, well, got orders from the people from work. We're gonna buy lunch for everybody, so we got how many ever orders and all in one bag. And I, you know, you pull up to the drive-through, and they went to hand me the bag, and it slipped, and it just all fell in the parking lot. Oh, everything! And they told me, "Oh, we're so sorry. Just pull up, and we'll you know make you new ones." Pull up. They came out, brought us new stuff with more in it, and they also gave us what they call a make it right coupon. So the next time we come, you get a free meal, you know, the right. sandwich or what, a side and a drink for free on them. Oh, that's pretty wild. And that's what Christ does for us. Right. He has a way of making it right. Even right. though life has dealt us a hard hand, you know, we might've had some tumultuous situations in our life. We might've fallen, but he not only picks us up, he makes us whole. Right. It makes us better than right. what we were and then gives us those make it right coupons. So now we can share what he's done with us, right. with other people. Right. No, I'm with yeah. you, man. I think, I think it's a great point that he can't make it right. And the, the interesting thing about Jesus, it wasn't his mistake. Right. Not God's mistake that we made a mess or our home life was dysfunctional. Or we were raised a certain way. And that's what people I feel about. Some of the people that run in the problems, I mean, they had such a disruptive home life themselves. They were moving house to house. Their parents were addicted. Yeah, it led to problems for their lives. And it's a beautiful thing to see these people doing beautiful things today. Yes. You know, I think one of our, our singers, Mark, and Mark's producing the show right now, and, you know, what a, what a background she came from and out of addiction and drug courts and all that kind of stuff. And today to be singing on the praise team yeah. and worshiping God and being a light and an influence to others and helping so many others that are broken and her and her husband both. It's, it's amazing. truly is. Mm-hmm. But also God uses ordinary people because at the end of the genealogy and Jacob, the father, Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah, recognizing that Joseph's not a direct father mm-hmm. of um, <clears throat> Jesus Christ because that was... You know, she was a virgin, right. the Immaculate Conception. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Not the Immaculate not the reception, reception, not the reception that Frank, Frank O'Hara Harris made that put them in the Super Bowl. I'll never forget that catch either. And for those who are young, you'll have to go look that one up. But yeah, the Immaculate Conception. But I think about Joseph, he's a carpenter. You're not, I mean, yeah, he comes from a royal line, but he's not in the royal palace. No. He's like building stuff. Using his skills, his hands, he's getting sweaty every day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's getting his hands dirty because that's the kind of guy he is. And and I think about how God just takes normal human beings and elevates them and elevates their potential and elevates what they can do, kind of like the five loaves and two fish that yeah. Jesus Christ thanks God for it, breaks it. They they collect more at the end than what they had to start with. Mm-hmm. And uh, he could just do so much with five loaves and two fish. And so many times in my life, I've said, God, here's my five loaves and two fish. Make more of it than what it is. And here's Joseph, just a a simple man, doing his best for God. And God's elevating him. Mm -hmm. God uses ordinary people. God needs ordinary people. He does. He does. So when he takes us in our ordinary 
state of living or mind or existence and does something extraordinary with it. Right. When we turn it over to him, right. it becomes extraordinary. Right. So you don't have to be extraordinary and then come to him. Right. You can just be as ordinary as they come. Right. When you get there, he's going to see to it that you're extraordinary. Right. He Absolutely. Does that. But not, I never wanted someone to think, well, I'm too common and I don't have enough education. Right. Look at all the, look at the people Jesus Christ used. Look at his disciples, fishermen, tax mm-hmm. collector, one was. I mean, they were common everyday people. everyday people. You can be a common, ordinary, everyday person and God do extraordinary things with you and through you. And that's what we learn is you look at the genealogy of Christ, you see that it's never too late. Like with Rahab, you see that God works in broken situations like David and Bathsheba, where he had the husband killed and he has an affair with her and gets her pregnant and all that is a mess. God uses ordinary people like Joseph all the way through. Yes. Now, there's all kinds of brokenness in the genealogy. Like you look at the Kings. Yeah, that was a good one. Next one. That was a bad one. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, no, that was a bad one. Good and bad. Good, yes, bad, like, and the ugly. Like a right? family reunion. Yeah? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, life's not perfect, man. I mean, your right. family's probably not perfect. My no, family's not perfect. No. And I'm not perfect. Right. And so God uses me. I know you're not perfect. You know I'm not. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> but you know I'm trying real hard. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I admit that. And I'm okay with that. It's just I always want to do the best that I can. I realize I'm not a perfect person. I'm yeah. fortunate that God uses me at all. That's right. right. I mean, that's the way I look at it. We're not perfect. We're just forgiven. Yeah, we're just forgiven. Mm-hmm. But you know when you yield yourself to God... And you're willing to come aside of God and go with what he wants you to do. That's when you really can do cool stuff. That's right. Right. I mean, that's really what makes a difference. And I think it's just up to us to say, yeah, God, I'm ordinary, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get next to you. I'm going to get close to you. I'm just going to go with your game plan. Yep. Whatever that is. That's the best thing you could do in your life. Right. And I appreciate you doing that, you know, with your life and all the dedication that you've given to following Christ and making a difference in a lot of young people's lives and your church's life and, you know, a lot of people. Thank you. Ordinary people, right? That's right. That's right. Right. So, hey, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, being part of the show. Hope it's been a blessing to you. You all have a great and an awesome week.